Alright guys, tonight on the fly, I'm really excited to be talking about this this lady here. If you haven't heard of her, I don't know how in the world you have If you were a kid in the 80s or if you were listening to music in the 80s, you had to hear this lady. One of the greatest voices you'll ever hear and does not, to me, does not get enough credit for the work she put out there. I'm talking about... You, you you look at some of the singles she's got out there. Gloria, she's well known for Gloria. Solitaire, my favorite. Uh, Lucky One, Self Control, How Am I Supposed to Live Without You, Spanish Eddie. Those are just a few of the hits she had. And she spent weeks and weeks and weeks. I think Gloria spent like 36 weeks on the Billboard chart. And I'm talking about the late, great Miss Laura Brannigan. Uh, guys, I can tell you this. I have been a big Laura Branigan fan since hearing her in the early 80s. Uh, like I said, like you guys know, I'm from a small town. We didn't have MTV. Our biggest thing, the way we heard, was the radio. We didn't have iTunes, so we had to tune into the radio and try to record and Casey Kasem every week. This lady stayed on Casey Kasem every week in the 80s. I mean, she was just... Uh, mainstay on the Billboard charts, on every chart out there, and just a great voice that, that was silenced way too soon. Unfortunately, she passed away from a brain aneurysm uh, 2004, August 26, 2004, at the age of 52. So much work ahead of her, so much. I, I know she was had a great career. She had a great career, but she would have continued that great career with more music, and uh, so many people look forward to it. With me tonight... It's her legacy manager, and the she's the head of Other Half Entertainment, Miss Kathy Golick. Now we're going to talk to Miss Golick about about Miss Brannigan, about her dealings with Miss Brannigan, how she met, and stuff like that. And man, I'm telling you, I'm really excited to hear some of these Laura Brannigan stories. Uh, welcome to the show, Miss Golick. I hope you're having a great night tonight. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you invited me to do your show. Yeah, I, I, we, you know, this happened. I guess I tweeted something a, a while back. I think it was on the anniversary of her death on August 26th and uh, got a like from the Laura Brannigan Twitter site and I just contacted you. I guess that was you I contacted and wanted to talk about it because I really don't feel like Miss Brannigan gets the credit she deserves for all these great songs that she put out there. You know, Gloria is, is a well-known song. I had people, when I was telling them, I said, I'm going to interview a lady about Laura Brannigan. And, and, you know, first some people were like, who is, you know, who is Laura Brannigan? I said, Gloria? Oh, yeah, that Laura Brannigan. I remember her. So uh, how was it that you came to, to, to meet Laura Brannigan and, and to have this friendship and, and a business relationship with? Well, it, my story is interesting in the sense that I was a fan, just like many other people. Back in 1982, I, I should say a new fan, as there was this new artist on the scene, Laura Brannigan. And I just remember the first time I heard Gloria. And yeah. I just thought, wow, what a voice, what an energetic song, uh, what, what a person with a powerful voice. And uh, I knew, I had a feeling this is an artist that's going to become a favorite of mine which, of course, she did. So, as many do initially, it's you're trying to watch everything that she's on and 
and trying to watch interviews, listen to music. Um, of course, I went out and got the, her first album, Brannigan, and uh, listened to that and just uh, fell in love with her, you know, as any, anybody does and, and becomes a fan of an artist. Definitely, and, uh, and like you said, yeah. a lot of people fell in love with her the same way you did. Gloria, when I heard that, like you, we talked about earlier before we went on the air, she was on Solid Gold a lot, and just a beautiful lady as well, beautiful voice and a beautiful lady. What was it like to be around her? What was she like as a, as a person? What was she like? On stage, she just came alive. As you know, and uh, she was just so expressive and, and all the emotion that she would perform and everything. But privately, uh, she, was, she was a very private person. She was a very humble person, a simple person. Uh, many times when people think of celebrities, uh, sometimes maybe that'll give the best impression to people. Um, maybe they appear to be a little proud or haughty, that, that sort of thing. But there was none of that with Laura. If she walked into a room and you didn't know that she was this, this such a talented, gifted singer that she was, uh, you wouldn't even know that she was in the business because she just liked to fit in with everybody. And uh, like I said, she was just like the girl next door. <laughs> very, very genuine, very real. And I think those are the qualities that she translated into her music and why it touched people so deeply. Definitely. What was it like the first time you got to meet her? I know you're a fan now. That's got, it had to be a special moment for you meeting her for the first time. Well, it was. It was. I, I had gone to some concerts over the years, obviously being a fan, but she would do meet and greet, and, but I just, you know, for whatever situation, I'd I hadn't stayed after for any of that. And it wasn't uh, really until um, she started performing again in the 2000s that uh, I met her after a performance that she did in Connecticut at Mohegan Sun. So that was the, the first time that I actually met her. And I remember I had taken a promo photo from the Ever My Heart album. You know, everybody takes something to sign, have them sign. And, right. And I got up to her and, and, and you know, she, she said, you know, your name. And I said, Kathy. And I always remember she said, oh, she said, that's my mother's name. Her mother's name was Kathleen. So I always remember her saying that. And then, you know, that's, that's when I met her, took, took the picture with her. And, uh, and pretty much, you know, after that, was at most every, every show that she did. And, and then obviously until she passed. And it was just a point of... Her looking out in the audience, there there was a group of what it was called regulars that were usually in the first few rows. Right. And uh, she would look out, and, and I was a part of that group. And many times after after the meet and greet with the fans, she would still hang around and talk with a few more of us. So she just became familiar with me in that sense. And, uh, you know, one thing, one thing led to another, and, and she didn't have an, uh, a website presence an official website presence or, or especially on a, she had, did not have an official website at the time and there was no really strong .com presence for her. So the first thing that I was involved in was putting up a website for her. And this is even before it became her official website. So the site that is her <laughs> official website, right. LauraBrainLine.com, but it was put up initially 
so that there would be something out there on the web uh, about her, about her career. And uh, as, as the story went, uh, her management at the time, they had taken notice of that, and, and we had a cooperation with them um, for a period of time before the site became her official one, uh, where we were giving away concert tickets, and they, they would give us the latest news on her, and uh, we would keep the fans abreast of her concert appearances and, and so forth. And so that led into eventually that site becoming her official website. And that's, that's really was my first foray into doing something for her professionally. Now, I talked a little bit, I, we talked a little bit about this before we went on the air, but uh, what is the deal with her? Did it have, and I know you agree with me. Why doesn't she get the credit as a, you know, a lot of 80s artists, you know, we talked about that a little bit, had made, had made a comeback. But why, with all these hits and as much time as she spent on the charts and the presence she had, do you not think she gets enough credit for all that, the success she had? I don't think that she does. And like you said, often that's what's said, especially by fans and those that have really seen the depth of her catalog and, and the high quality of her artistry and her songs. And I actually think it's for a good reason. And what I mean by that is, in all my conversations with her uh, personally, and if you look at interviews that are available out there to watch, she was always about the voice. She said that is what should be the focus. Uh, it should be about the voice. And when we think about singers, that's truly a correct statement. It should be about the artistry. It should be about the voice. It should be about the interpretation of a lyric and a song. And I think a lot of the other artists, and no, no detriment to them or, you know, any, any disrespect, but I think it, it sometimes becomes about a lot more about having five dancers on the stage and or presenting yourself in a overtly sexual manner. Right. These were things that Laura did not feel were necessary. These are things that weren't on her radar because she was she was totally focused on presenting her voice the best way that she could. She studied every day, every day during her career with a with a vocal coach or you know. She was, she was very much into the skill of it, the art of it, all the emotion she wanted to capture and put in her song. That was what she wanted the focus to be. She wanted to, there's a quote out there, she wanted to touch people's hearts. There's a quote from her. She wanted to touch people's hearts. She wanted to touch their souls. And that was not a trite or a cliche statement for Laura Branigan. That was really what success was to her in the music business was that rapport between her singing a song and transmitting that emotion to her audience, to the listener, and having them be immersed in the middle of that lyric, in the middle of that music, and feel those emotions that she's singing about. So, like I said, it, it in that sense, it does translate into people saying she doesn't get the credit that she deserves but from all I know about her and 
all the conversations I've had with her, that she wasn't about the awards. Um, right. Sure, every singer wants to have a hit song, a number one song. That's great. That was great to her. But she was most concerned about the, the artistry of it, and that was, that was her focus. Yeah. And on that point, I feel that she, she soared. She soared in her career. She was the epitome. What she wanted to accomplish, she did that in a very big way. And to her and myself, and I think a, a lot of people, fans in particular, they realized that. You know, They realized that for her, that, that's what it was all about. And, and, she, and she kept it simple like that. She kept it focused on what was most important to her. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she just such a star. Just uh, I ever since we we've been talking back and forth on Twitter, I've really been watching the videos a lot, and, and so many, like we said, so many great songs. But uh, now, in the late, I guess the late '80s, the early '90s, she kind of hit a lull. She took a hiatus uh, for a while, but she was she was planning a comeback. Am I correct? Correct. Yes. And she she was going to do do the whole tour and and, and working on another album. Uh, so no telling what we decided. Like like we said, with the you know the people really got into the eighties music acts at that time period, and no telling what we would have seen out of her when she made this comeback. Oh, exactly. That that's one of the hardest parts. Of course, I'm, I miss her terribly, terribly, uh, obviously, as a person, as a friend. But Laura sounded absolutely terrific up until she passed. Her voice, I feel, grew richer throughout the years. She still had that such emotion in it. And she, I have no doubt that her quote-unquote comeback would have been a big thing had the unfortunate not happened. Uh, I was just so excited as she was, as the fans were. Uh, she was doing shows, and she was recording a new album, and she was singing some songs that were going to be on the new album. And she was getting such a terrific response. And she was really so excited so excited to get out back out there in a bigger way and do more shows. She was also, she loved to cook. Loved to cook. Right. A great chef. She was in the process, too, of writing a cookbook. And uh, at the time she passed, we were almost there to, we were checking out publishers, and we were almost to the point of, uh, we were getting together the manuscript for it to submit to publishing. So she was very excited about that. It was going to be about uh, her travels as a celebrity, her travels around the world to different foods and also a, 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 a family angle, you know, uh, foods of family gatherings and such. And she was very excited about that. Uh, she, even, she even was talking about possibly opening up a restaurant. Wow. Because she loved cooking so much. So there were a lot of things there were a lot of things that were that were going on very positive things lots of uh, business we we were in the middle uh, she was very excited we were in the middle of uh, getting things together to have her first online store on the website 
so she and I were putting our heads together with that, and uh, she would she'd sit there and she would make sketches of things and different things that she that she wanted to have on the store, and she was she was very excited about that, and and uh, we were talking about doing some internet chats with the fans and. There, there was just there were just a ton of ideas going around and a, a lot of different things we wanted to do uh, that unfortunately uh, obviously yeah. didn't happen and uh, that that that's sad but very much a consolation to me in losing her is that I know that when that happened she left this world in a good place. Right, and a positive place, and an excited place, and that that helped me a lot in in dealing with losing her. Yeah, it's just a just a tragic loss, but her legacy lives on through you and through her music. Uh, we have to talk about the St. Louis Blues, uh, the <laughs> the story yeah. of the St. Louis Blues, an unlikely inspiration coming from one of her songs. Tell me a little bit about uh, the St. Louis Blues story. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Yeah, exactly. Uh, obviously, it's become such a great and important part of Laura's legacy. And it all started last year in 2019. And for me, it was the simple thing of going on Laura's social media. I was on Twitter and seeing a tweet, I believe it was in February, from a St. Louis Blues fan saying that Gloria was being played by the team. <laughs> and at that point, I wasn't a hardcore hockey fan. Uh, I live in Pittsburgh, so the Penguins are here, and they, they've won quite a few Stanley Cups, so right. um, I'm supportive of that, being from the area, and, but I was never a real hardcore hockey fan. So I saw this tweet, and I was like, oh, that's neat. And I thought, well, yeah, hockey, wow, and they're playing Gloria. <laughs> but I really didn't, I thought maybe it was a one-off thing, and didn't think a whole lot about it at that point. But then, there was started to be more buzz about it. And eventually the players were playing it in the locker room. And then it starts to come out there. Now they're playing it in the arena after their victory. So when it became their victory song. And the story is just, it's fairy tale in the sense it's just a great story. The team at the end of 2018 was in very last place in the NHL. 2019 arrives, and the players are in town in Philadelphia, and they were invited to a bar, and they go there, and they hear Gloria. And mind you that the players, all the five players that were there, I don't believe... Any one of them was born at the time <laughs> Gloria came out. So they weren't familiar with the song. But they heard it there, and the, the people there were saying the phrase, play Gloria. So they thought, they thought it was a catchy, neat song. Then they took it back to St. Louis. 
so, like I said, the team first started playing in the locker room, and then eventually, as I said before, started to be played in the arena. And I, I got to a point where I started to, to watch the games on TV, and I'll never forget how neat it was when I heard after one of the it was the, it was one of the uh, playoff rounds, and they had won the game, and I heard the uh, the TV announcer say, you know, play Gloria, or Team Gloria, and I heard the song coming up, and <laughs> that that was just. That was an absolute thrill, and uh, so honored to hear that, see that on, on Lord's behalf. And what I think the true beauty of the story is, is that this this was a very organic story. It was not anything that was planned. It wasn't a, a marketing campaign where the team said, okay, we're going to use this song, and we're going to make all this promotional stuff with it. It just purely was a very organic occurrence. And so the team keeps on going, and they keep on winning, and they keep on playing Gloria. And before you know it, they're the Western Conference champions, and they're going to the Stanley Cup final, <laughs> which is absolutely, absolutely amazing, from worst to first, and at that point in the conference. And uh, I made the decision at that time uh, especially after seeing so much love for the song, uh, you have to realize that this, this became much bigger than the team. This, this was a case of the entire city of St. Louis getting behind the team, getting up behind the song. There were videos made in schools and uh, city hall and businesses, uh, and videos of, on social media of little children sitting in car seats in their cars singing Gloria. And it, it just—it <laughs> was—it it was just totally amazing, and and the whole time I'm just—I'm just so happy, so happy for Laura, you know. And and obviously the sad part though is she's not here, and uh, there were even people that had did not know in, in St. Louis that she had passed, and they were even asking her to—they wanted her to come down and be there and everything. So of course I had to explain that she was no longer here, but uh, when they. Uh, got their birth in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, I, I made the decision that it was it was very crucial and very important for me to go to St. Louis to be there to represent Laura and Gloria. So I packed up, we drove down there, and it was an open-ended trip. And my philosophy was, as I'm going to stay here as long as the team is in it, and. That's what I did, and I ended up. I went to every watch party. Uh, the time they were playing the Boston Bruins, so every time they were playing in Boston, there was a watch party held at Enterprise Center in St. Louis. So I attended every watch party, and when they played in St. Louis, I attended every game. So I was a part of all seven games. It went to seven games. I was part of all seven games there, and with the absolutely best ending ever to the entire story, the Blues for the first time in team history won the Stanley Cup. Wow. <laughs> and I got to hear Gloria a few times. I'll back up a little bit. The first time they won when I was there, that that was really something. I just I was just blown over. I just I had tears in my eyes for Laura, of course. I was just blown over. Everybody in the stands singing it, just hearing it blaring that loud in an arena. Uh, oh, 
indescribable, really. And then that night, I'll never forget it, June 12th, 2019, they won. They won up in Boston, but, of course, we were all there in Enterprise Center. Also, Bush Stadium, where the Cardinals play, that was full with people. <laughs> and just everybody, everybody, just a, wow, what a, what a celebration. And, and really, uh, Gloria never sounded better that night. <laughs> it sure really was. did. To hear it and to see the people so happy and, and to be right there and be a part of it, uh, I, I just get chills, chills when I think about it. And, and it also, on the flip side of it, it also gave me, I was very busy when I was there. I had many, many media opportunities presented to me, Prince radio, television, to be interviewed and talk about Gloria and also talk about war. So it, it was very important to me to take advantage of every opportunity that I could to oh, yeah. represent Laura, to speak on her behalf, to show my appreciation, uh, of course, to the city of St. Louis, to the team. Everybody was just so cordial, so warm, so welcoming to me. Um, I had a custom jersey that I wore. Uh, a lot <laughs> in both <laughs> in the arena and other places because people wanted to see it. Uh, it was a blues jersey, and on the back of it, it said Brannigan, and the number was 82. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so, right. So, um, I proudly wore that when I was there. And uh, another interesting story is a radio station, Y98. They started to do it when the Blues won the second round of the playoffs, they said that if the Blues won that series, they would play Gloria, and nothing but Gloria, oh. for 24 hours straight. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that, yes, and they did win that series, and that's exactly what Y98 did. They played nothing but Gloria, 24 hours. <laughs> and uh, they had little guest spots of, of people you know, the city and, and different things like that would come on in between songs and say things. That was just tremendous and really precedent-setting, I think. Uh, I'm not sure that maybe in stations somewhere has played multiple songs of an artist for 24 hours. I'm not even sure about that. But I'm pretty sure I don't know if anybody's played just one song. Uh, I'm not sure either. So that was the first time. Then... The third round of the playoffs, they said the same thing, the radio station. If the Blues win, we're going to do it again. So the Blues won, <laughs> and they did it again. The second 24 hours of Gloria. And then, of course, the last one was after they won the Cup. And it was very nice. As I had already interviewed with Y98 days prior to that, but they invited me to come back in, and that was, to me, a, a real honor to go on air for a bit as the third 24 Hours of Gloria was playing. And it, it was a great opportunity to thank the station for that, to once again thank all the people of St. Louis uh, for being so kind to Laura's legacy, to Gloria, to, to how they treated me while I was there. Uh, it, it was just it was just totally awesome. And uh, so that, that was a really neat thing, too. Three different occasions of 24 Hours of Gloria. And the funny thing is, is that if you talk to, I, I, I really didn't hear anybody really complaining about that. Anybody, people are like, they, there were people that just, they literally said that they, they literally listened to it, you know, as much as they could, <laughs> hours and hours, and hours. And uh, that's, that's amazing in and of itself. So um, 
uh, as I'm talking to you right now, you know, I have this big smile on my face because nothing, nothing but the best to say about all that. And so, so that was great and everything. Uh, and then I, I wanted to return for opening night of the season in October. I wanted to return to St. Louis, to Enterprise Center, as that's the night that the championship banner traditionally is raised. So that was indescribable, too. It, it, it's great. it was great to see that Stanley Cup being won in June, but when I back, went back in October and I'm in another arena and I'm wearing that jersey with Laura's name on it and I'm watching the team on the ice, the festivities, the team on the ice, the Stanley Cup right there, the banner begins to raise up. They pause it for a moment, and then it starts to rise up to the rafters, to Gloria. And wow. when I, every time I recount this story, and it's happening again, I, I just get chills. That, that was, uh, I remember my, I, I was holding my phone trying to, to film it, but my hand was shaking, <laughs> and I got tears in my eyes, and I, I, would, I was just, oh, I, it's in, it was indescribable. To me, it was as if that banner was being raised up to Laura in the heavens. And that, uh, every, time, every time I watch footage of that, it just, it, it just gets me straight in the heart. And, and of course, again, I, I, I so wish Laura would have been able to be there. All that, but but I know how happy she would have been. I know how excited she would have been had she been alive. We would have had her right down there for everything. Oh yeah, and uh, which again is why it was it was very important to me in representing her and and my heart for her as a friend uh, to be there um, for her. And that that whole story just totally amazing. And and as as um, Yesterday, I actually received something very nice. The, the Blues, they came up with an idea to place bricks on what they are calling the St. Louis Blues Champion Block outside of Enterprise Center. And there was a brick there in honor of Laura, and a friend of mine from St. Louis surprised me and sent me an image. He actually went down there, and he found Laura's brick. And he took a picture of it for me, and I very proudly posted it on social media. I have to yesterday. look for that. And uh, that's that's just spectacular because that's a, obviously a permanent marker there that will be there, and it just it just really speaks to how the legacies of both the St. Louis Blues team and Laura and Gloria they'll forever be intertwined with that beautiful story and so we're very we're very proud uh, to see that marker on that st louis blues champion walk and very much deserved for laura yeah, and definitely uh, yeah definitely uh, that's just just a great story i had i had to make sure we got that one on here uh we talked about some of the songs but what are some of your favorites favorite songs that she did what is your favorite if you had to pick one, I know it's tough. If you had to pick one, which one would you pick? Like you said, that is tough. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many good ones. But most people know my favorite is Solitaire. Yeah. Definitely Solitaire. That's mine as well. That's mine as well. She is so, 
and I know she's strong on a lot of the songs, but uh, we talked a little bit about it before we went on air. When she hits that that part at the end, when she said, you want to hold me, and she hits, she, I mean, you can, it's just like, like you said, you can feel that emotion when she's singing, and you can really feel it at that part of that song. Oh, most most definitely, and and that's really that's really the as I've been saying. Oh, that's the hallmark of Laura's singing. Her artistry is that emotion. And she used to say emotion, 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 and she she would often say too that the pain pain is the greatest emotion. And and of course, a lot of her songs that was the topic. Uh, but that's also why they resonate so much with people. Is people the fact that people can put themselves in the place of those lyrics and, and just the way she. She sings that she's communicating with the listener, and she she just immerses them again right in the middle of whatever she's singing about. And 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 solitaire, right? I, I think it's just one of those songs that really demonstrates uh, the characteristics of Laura's voice. That that range that she had, that the four octave range, and that sheer power. Mm-hmm. She was an artist, seriously, that really didn't even need a microphone. I mean, the power in her voice just just blows, blows you away. And uh, you see that greatly in Solitaire. And, and Solitaire, too, is very important because it established Laura as an artist that was going to have endurance in the industry. Glory was so big, as we all know. Gloria right. is considered Laura's signature song, obviously. Yeah, oh, definitely. And it was just so big. And as you said, it was on the charts for 30 six weeks, and yeah. it's really, it's one of those iconic songs of the 80s. It's found on virtually every, every 80s compilation out there. And, and you know, so many people did aerobic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aerobic <laughs> I hadn't thought right. about that, but you're yeah. right. Exactly. But as big as it was, you know, the next question is, this is still a new artist in the eyes of many, and can she replicate that same level of success with another song? And, well, she most certainly did show everybody that she could, as Solitaire was the first single released off of her second album, Brannigan 2, which came out the next year after her debut album. Brannigan came out, which came out in 82. So she just, uh, she knocked the socks off of people again. It was a big hit. And that firmly established that Ms. Laura Brannigan was not going to be a one-hit wonder. Oh, definitely not. I mean, that, like I said at the start when we were talking about her, it's, it's so many, so many great hits. And you know, going back and and listening to some of the some of the songs that didn't get released as singles on, like on her first album, uh, one of them that stood out for me. I told you earlier, "Down Like a Rock" uh, was was one that really stood out to me. And and have, I'm going back now and listening to all all the albums and, and finding. Finding new songs I love that could have been hits if they were released, but she's got so much great stuff. I mean, you look at uh, Power of Love she did, which went on to Celine Dion did. Uh, I found someone that Cher ended up doing, uh, but she had so many great songs. And I mean, it's just I, I just I'm like you. I, it, I would love to sing what she had in store before she passed. I mean, it's, it's a shame, but I would love to see what kind of music she would have put out uh, in later years. Oh, exactly, right. And she, and, she, and she was very choosy in the sense of the material that she recorded. 
it, it had to be strong material. And as she said, her cat, her catalog is so deep. And as much as we all love Gloria, self-control, how am I supposed to live without you, all those tips that people readily think of, Laura's catalog is just so deep. And, and that's one of the things that is I'm passionate about is informing people and getting them to dig deeper into her catalog. Right. That there's, there's so much more there than those tips. Uh, and 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 you referred to what would have been with her. It was the same way with this new album. She was doing it independently, so uh, she didn't want to be under the confines of a, of a recording contract or anything like that. So she would have complete control over it. And it was taking her a while because uh, she was very much the perfectionist, as, as we talked about how important the, you know the voice, the artistry was to her. And so it was taking her some time, number one, to, to find the right material because she was, she was very choosy about it. And she had five songs recorded, and they're great. And uh, high-quality songs, and she just sounded terrific. Right. And, uh, but that, like I said, it was, it was, she was very, very uh, pointed in, in just her approach and what she wanted to do. And, she wanted, and, and she often said, and, and she would she would have messages go out to the fans that I hold on. I, I know you're all anxious, but I want to give you the best that I can, and uh, that's truly that's truly what she meant. And so, you know, she was doing it her own way in her own time and making exactly what is she what she wanted to put out there for people again. All right. So how did you guys, you know, you know, you had a casual acquaintance from, from the concerts. How did you really get to be so close as, as you were? Yeah, it would be nice if she and I could become friends, but there was no pressure there for that. There, that was totally, if, if that was going to happen, it would happen. Fortunately so, but it did. And I think one of the big reasons I think at the center of our friendship was trust. Uh, being in the business that Laura was to the point to where she really trusted me uh, implicitly in the sense that she knew first and off that I was most interested in her as Laura, Laura the person, not Laura Branding and the singer. And that's a, that's a, something that is a big deal because celebrities are used to people coming around them for all sorts of reasons. Uh, some good, some bad. And, it, you know, it could be difficult at times for them to discern who actually cares about them for who they, for who they are as a person and who is, is maybe an opportunistic type of thing. But she could tell early on, she and I, we, we just clicked. We didn't have the longest friendship. There were a lot of people in her life that were there many, many more years than, than I. But with certain people in life, sometimes you don't need to have that 10-year, 20-year friendship. Right. You, you just click, and we were on the same wavelength uh, as far as, you know, a lot of things, and she knew that I was there to help her as much as I could to achieve whatever goals she wanted. And, uh, you know, I, I even told her, that, you know, there were some times... She even said, well, you know, I'm getting older now, and 
and I don't know how long, maybe I'll be singing or I'll get into the restaurant business or whatever. And, and I told her, and I, and I meant it. I said, you know, the way I feel, you do what makes you happy. And I will support you in any of it. You know, I, I said, even if you never sang another note, <laughs> you know, I, I just want you to be happy and, and do what you want in your life. And that resonated with her. And uh, she knew that she could trust me. And, uh, you know, I let that whole, I let the whole friendship part, I let that be up to her, you right. know, as, as it evolved. There was, there was no pressure for that or anything like that. But uh, we ended up, uh, you know, so we had this professional race, uh, relationship and a friendship. And, and we talked every day. Wow. You know, not every other day. Maybe there was one day in between we didn't talk, but we, and multiple times. It, and, and most of the time it wasn't even seriously about, about the career stuff. It was, it was just talking, you know, and enjoying each other's company. And, and at the time, her mom lived with her, and it, she didn't have the easiest time. Her mom had Alzheimer's. Oh, wow. So Laura was trying to do the career thing, but yet it was her heart. She's trying to take care of her mother, too. And she yeah. had some help. She had somebody that helped her with that. But, uh, you know, she had some situations to deal with like that, so I, I wanted to be there for her as a support for that, too. And, of course, backing up to what you were saying in the, in the mid-'90s, she had left the industry. Uh, her husband, Larry, had yeah. been diagnosed with colon cancer, and so she basically quit her career, and she took care of him. Uh, he passed away in 1996, but there, there were a couple years there where she devoted herself to caring for him, and uh, I used to tell her how much I admired her for doing that. And she said, "Kathy, that's a no-brainer. There was there was no other thing for me to do. Uh, that was that was what I what I was supposed to do." And uh, I so admired that because I think about a lot of other artists I don't know in the same situation. Um, you know what their choices may have been, but she she was very clear about it. She didn't think twice about it. Um, you know, obviously you're going to take yourself out of the public eye. Um, you know, and all the other things that come along with that. But she knew what was important in life. Right. Uh, people. People. And so, you know, I admire her for that. And I, and I admire her for taking care of her mother the way that she did. Uh, her mother, Kathleen, and she, beautiful, beautiful relationship between the two of them. Kathleen was just, couldn't be prouder of her. And they just had this, this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful relationship. So, uh, again, this just speaks more to, to who Laura was as a person. And, uh, and oh, and another thing I think I, I forgot to mention when you were asking me about Laura, uh, she, was, she's a, she was a shy person. She talked about growing up and, and being so shy that when in school she could barely raise her hand in class and all the stuff uh, along those lines. And uh, she really, really up to... The day she passed, uh, she was still that shy person. I remember, I remember a lot of times when she and I would talk, and she, she, she'd get really soft at her voice. And I would say, Laura, please speak up a little bit. I can't hear you. So <laughs> that that shy part of her, yeah, that shy part of her, um, it it never it never left her. Like she used to say, she's a simple country girl. When she she grew up, she loved to ride horses and and climb up trees and uh, that sort of stuff like that. And uh, she just, uh, she just was a, you know, I, I first came to know her as a fan and that aspect of her, but 
I am always so proud to do what I do for her because of the person that she was. There's there's not a conflict of, of the professional and the personal. No. And uh, yeah, yeah, she she was just she was just a great gal. And I, you know, I, I sometimes, I, I think where I came from, one of the first times I saw her, I always watched the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and I remember oh, yeah. in November, November of 1982, she was in the parade, and I remember sitting there, sitting there in my living room watching that, and I, you know, and I just, I just go through it all, and, and I think of what I'm doing today. It, as her legacy manager, and and how I got to know her and be friends with her also, and it just uh, I'm full of gratitude. You know, this is this is this is something that doesn't happen every day. I I, I worked hard. <laughs> you know, this is yeah. something that just. Uh, I remember putting up the website, and there was nothing. It was blank, and that and that those were the days too when there weren't templates and all that, and everything had to be coded. I didn't do that part, but um, <laughs> right. somebody else did, but. But the content that was, I mean, to, to this day, and I don't think, I don't think sometimes people realize that there's all these lyric sites out there. And, uh, yeah, yeah but there's a lot I, of... I was doing her sites before there were lyric sites, and, and it's still that way. If you go to the website and, and you click on any of the songs in the discography, you will see the lyrics. And I absolutely remember sitting there typing oh, oh, every gosh. word. Every word. So I say this all to say that uh, it's a great story, but it was a lot of work, and you know, and I, and, you know, just getting to the point of, of you know, of, you know, obviously it was a process, and it, and it was a lot of work. So, um, but it, but you know, it ends up where I did. It, it's just uh, totally amazing, and uh, I'm forever grateful to for Lord for giving me the, the chance to work with her. Um, Obviously, to be to be her friend, amazing. Yeah, talk a little bit about too before we go. What is it, what do you do as a legacy manager for her? Okay. Yeah. So the company is called Other Half Entertainment, and that's by design. As uh, a big thing that Laura would say from the stage, and and her fans know this well, is she would refer to her fans as her other half. Right. She would say, "You're you're my other half. I wouldn't be up there doing what I'm doing." if it wasn't for the rest of you. So when it was time to uh, consider names for the company, that, that was a no-brainer. <laughs> that, one just, that one popped. Right. Um, just, like the, just like the name for the memorial event. Uh, I, when, I, when I conceived the idea for the memorial event, I thought it would probably be nice to use a song title. So I was going through them all in my mind, and I, I hit Spirit of Love, and I said, aha, that's the perfect name for that. So... So, yes, Other Half Entertainment, that's her ma legacy management production company. And my style of management is a bit different. It's very active, as a lot of people realize. The fans, the fans certainly do. Uh, heavily involved in social media. It, it's not, it's not a, a, like a passive estate type legacy management where it's about, okay, we're going to okay this T-shirt to be made or this product, it's it's a it's all comprehensive. It's, it's something I do every day, and uh, of course we the website, her official website, laurabrangonline.com, and then there's LB's Boutique, which is her official online store, and of course 
the Spirit of Love Memorial Gathering held every year. Uh, also, I worked on every release with whatever label they've been brought out on, every release since she passed, um, all the various reissues. And the most recent that was came out in June of this year was the Self-Control 2CD Expanded Edition that I consulted and collaborated with a label in the U.K., Cherry Red Records. It was done under their Cherry Pop label. So we just had that come out in June. I worked on that. When I work with these companies, I work on all aspects of them, from listening to every note of a remastered track to going over images that they use, the liner notes, the whole thing. So I'm very heavily involved with that. Um, also, I do things like we're doing right now, media opportunities right. um, that present themselves. Um, so my job, you know, and then there, there, there are aspects, uh, copyright, you know, trade, you know, all that sort of stuff like that, or, you know, the legal parts and stuff like that. Um, I'm a liaison, obviously, her, her catalog with uh, Warner Music Group, and, uh, you know, so I'm a liaison with them, and, and uh, you know, and I also final uh, licensing requests for her music to the appropriate places there. So I have a good working relationship with Warner Music Group and, and a lot of these different labels. So it's, this is something that, uh, you know, it's a, it's a daily thing that I do, and I'm very obviously very passionate about it. Uh, first and foremost, again, I, I think of my friendship with Laura. It comes from my heart. Um, you know, always always uh, being very, very uh, mindful of upholding, you know, what she wanted for her music, um, representing her you know, from from knowing her the way that I did and running things and having her voice. She may not be here, but, you know, her voice beyond even the music, but what her philosophies were and what she wanted, I do everything to the best of my ability to ensure that things are handled that way. And, of course, I, I'm so very thankful for Laura's fan base. Wow. Uh you know, people may know other after entertainment. Uh, they may be, realize what I do, but this is a job that not one person does. This is something that her legacy is carried on by anyone that loves her. And her fans, obviously, it's her other half. They're very much, very integral and very important because they, they're carrying it on, too. We're all partnering together to do this. And one of the things that makes me the happiest because this is truly what legacy is all about, is this, this new wave of fans. We're talking teenagers. Yeah. People in their 20s. We just did a recent thing since we could not hold the memorial event. We were posting fan tributes on Laura's official Facebook page. And they are just amazing. If anybody wants to get a sense of how Laura touched people's lives and what she meant to people, take a stop. Take a look on Laura's official Facebook page. That's at Laura Brannigan. And you will see pictures of fans of her. You will see the most beautiful things said. And you will see overwhelmingly people from all over the world, all ages. And it's wonderful. You see somebody that says, I'm 18 years old. I'm 22 years old. I discovered her music. Uh, interestingly, a big way these younger people are discovering her music is through video games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grand Theft Auto. Exactly. GTA, Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> they, so many of them tell, tell that story. So so even, you know, it's not even about somebody picking up a CD. There's 
they're playing, they're growing up playing games, and, and there, there she is on that radio part in there, and self-control's playing. Okay? So, I mean, however, however they're being brought into the fold, they're coming in, and it, it's just the most wonderful thing because you, you see what they write, and they're, oh, my goodness, they, they ride with a 20, 30-year-old fan the way they talk. And <laughs> I, I just, that gives me, oh, I can't, you know, I can't describe that either. That, that's such a great feeling, and that's, that's what, like, that's what legacy is. That's what I do. That's what it's all about. Right. It's transmitting it down to the new generation. Because let's face it, you know, people like myself grew up with her music. Uh, we're not going to be here forever, right? No, no. So if if you don't, you know, you can enjoy it all you want. And, that, and that's the, that's what I try to get across, too, is, is, is the fan base, you know, that are in their 40s, 50s, 60s now that, you know, grew up with her music. It's like, it's great, you know, it's great a new CD comes out and, and you buy that. And that's so important because it keeps her music out there. But... You know, it's it's so important also to make sure that you're telling others, the younger generations, about her, so that you know she doesn't die out when that core group is gone. So, uh, yeah, so it, it's it's just totally amazing when you when you see. I mean, uh, it, it's one of the things that makes me the happiest. You know, and, I, and whether it's, it's the tributes are sent or they write me by email or something on social media, I I just it's just something else you know when you see a young person saying how they're saying oh i'm i'm out there i have to, i'm going to buy every album i have to buy <laughs> i want to buy all this you know and it's i want to and, and they're getting these collections and 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 wow 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 <laughs> you know? and uh that just makes me smile for her and so so yeah i mean it's you know uh if, if there's some kind of sort of concept that uh you know this person might not remember that I, I that's not what i see day by day and i see so much love for her and uh, so much appreciation for her music, and uh, that that's that's what it's all about. At the, at the end of the day, that's what my goal is, and that's what my focus is: for people to know her, know her as an artist, and also to know her for the wonderful person yeah. that she was, yeah. because she she truly deserves to remember be remembered. Um, so many, so many, so many people love her. It's she has so much love that her fan base is 16 years after she left us. Her fan base is, is still so very devoted, so loyal, and we're talking all over the world, all over the world. Um, I, I know as, as I operate the online store and I and I see products going out, and we just ship them everywhere. We, I mean, even little countries like Luxembourg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm talking everywhere, everywhere. And uh, it, it that just you know it, it blows me away. So uh, yeah, people people definitely remember Laura Brannigan, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, that that was a post I put this afternoon. Do you it with a picture of her? I said, do you remember this lady? Well, you should. And uh, <laughs> you know, it it's it's just you know it's great to hear. You know, it's great as as a performance would it's great to hear that she was an even better person because uh, oh, yeah. yeah and so you talk about the blues winning the Stanley Cup and you went back for the banner raising for the, for the Stanley Cup champion team what was it like when you went back what was the, the what was the feeling like when you went back for that uh, that was just uh, super awesome that day started off in the morning I was contacted by the owner of the team, Tom Stillman, who invited me to come down to the Blues front office 
to take a photo with the Stanley Cup. Wow. <laughs> so that was just uh, what an incredible invitation yeah. for me to be able to go there and do that and touch the cup and stand behind it. Uh, <sighs> I have my jersey on again, my Brannigan 82 jersey. And that's something that uh, a person period, not, not everybody gets to take a picture with the Stanley Cup. No. <laughs> but to be able to do that, exactly, to be able to do that and do it on Lord's behalf and, you know, and just all the wonderful things about the whole story of the Blues and Gloria, that was just such an honor to be able to do that. And uh, that was just a great way to start that day off. Definitely, definitely. And, you, you know, just just the story of that is just great. I can't get over that story uh, about how that inspired him to go from, from worst to first. It's just a great story. It is. It's, it, it's, it's all the way around. It's, it's just one of those, it's just a great story. And I think it, it's a great story in sports history. I think not just, not just the hockey history, but the entire sports history. It's just, it's just, yeah. It just became such a huge phenomenon, and, and everybody just got on board with it down in St. Louis and, and elsewhere where there's Blues fans. And uh, I think pretty much, most people in the country had heard about the story, you know, regardless of where they were at or what team they, they root for. Um, it was a well-known story and uh, just just great all the way around. And we're just so happy that Laura and Gloria could be a part of all that. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for taking the time out with us tonight to talk about this and talk about what you do for her and keeping her, her legacy going. And, and, and look, if there's... Maybe down the line we can come up with a a top ten Laura Brannigan song. Your favorite top ten Laura Brannigan songs. If we can narrow it down to ten, uh, I, I right, do, if we can, <laughs> I, I do that from time to time with some artists, and it, I'm telling you, it's not an easy thing to do. But uh, thank you so much yeah. for taking the time out of your schedule tonight to be with us tonight. We really appreciate it. Great hearing these stories, and great hearing about a great performer in Laura Brannigan. Oh, well, thank you, and I, and I really appreciate it again. I thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to speak about her, yes, her music and her career, and especially her as a person. Yes, ma'am. Guys, that is Kathy Golick talking about Laura Brannigan on the fly.